Hello and welcome to the Eastman's Predator Pros podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Nimnick, and we are back in the Eastman's booth here at the Western Hunting and Conservation Expo. And I'm joined by good buddy, Brian Barney with Eastman's Elevated Podcast. And we have a special guest in store for you guys today. Um, hey, we're joined by Super Bowl champion and former Denver Bronco, Derek Wolf. Now, you may have come across um, a social media post, maybe even something on Fox News um, about Derek killing uh, just this massive mountain lion uh, here this winter. Um, so, you know, he's in the show now. Big hunter, um, which is cool. You, you know, some of these professional athletes that you see out there, it, they do kind of keep things on the down low, I think, because, you know, they don't want that anti-hunting community to kind of uh, harass them and, and bug them and just everything that they do. So I, I, I do think that a lot of these guys do keep it on the down low, but he, you know, he's, he's not afraid to, to talk about who he is and what he does. And now that he's retired, um, you know, he is, he's getting out there and getting after it. So excited to have him on the show. Uh, first time I've ever been within uh, three feet of a big Super Bowl ring. So it's pretty exciting here. Um, but, uh, before we get going, I need to thank the sponsors of this episode, which are Hornady and Lucky Duck Predator Calls. Now, as far as Hornady goes, you know, I talk all the time about the 53-grain VMAX and and how great they are. But, you know, I want to take a minute to talk to you about the shotgun loads I use. You know, if you watch The Last Stand um, on YouTube, you see us shooting a lot of coyotes with shotguns. Um, and you, the the 3-inch BB load that they put out is is a pretty phenomenal load. You know, it's not going to break the bank. You know, I think you're looking at like maybe $20 for a box of 10. Um, you know, some of the other ones out there, if you're looking, you know, some of that TSS shot and stuff, you know, you're upwards of 50, 60 bucks a box, which, you know, one coyote comes running in, you know, you could blow 20 bucks real quick, you know. But obviously, this isn't going to break the bank. You know, in a three-inch load with BB-sized pellets, you know, you're getting somewhere in the ballpark of 90 pellets in that load. You know, it has the Versatite wad. So you're going to shoot tight groups even out of your just your factory chokes. You know, out of my Benelli Super Black Eagle 2, I shoot the Improved Modified. You know, I went out and shot those loads, um, drew me about a 12-inch circle, shot it at 30, 35 yards, and that choke put the most pellets you know i was putting 30 40 pellets in a 12 inch circle you know at 35 40 yards which is devastating on coyotes when you hit them with that that amount of of, of pellets uh it puts them down you know now is this the load that you're going to kill them out there at 70 80 90 yards with no but in my opinion that's not a shotgun coyote that's a rifle coyote you know so um you know the coyotes that come bombing in on the call and and you want to flatten coyotes that 20 30 40 yard range you know this is what you go with you know it's not going to break the bank and uh, you're not going to feel bad when you empty a shotgun on one running out there until you hit it, you know, too. So, uh, you know, you can go to Hornady.com. You can get, you know, get some more information on that or just, you know, go to your local ammo supplier and you can uh, pick you up a box or two there. Now, with Lucky Duck, I talk about them all the time. You know, I bounce back and forth. You know, everybody was asking me, what call am I using? You know, I do use a variety of calls. You know, I use a Super Rolt some, um, but probably my go-to right now is the Revolt. I think just if you're in the market for a, a new electronic call, just my personal preference, my personal opinion on it is that the best bang for your buck at this given time is the Revolt call. You know, they're running about 450 bucks. It's going to give you 100 sounds. It's going to give you the ability to spin the call, which is a patented product in the e-call market. No other call in the market offers this, but being able to spin that call left, spin that call right. Um, actually did a YouTube video on this. Um, under the last stand tips, tricks, and tactics segment on, you know, being able to spin that call and how that really affects your sound on stand. 
Um, but huge, huge attribute of the calls. But that also comes on a Super Volt as well. Um, but, you know, with those 100 sounds, you get the built-in decoy. You know, all of the top, top-end calls, the Roughneck, the Revolt, and the Super Revolt, all have the same speaker and amp. So you're going to get the same volume, the same sound clarity with all three of those. There's really no no upgrade with any of those. Um, but, you know, like I said, bang for the buck, the Revolt's where it's at. Um, you, you can't go wrong. Obviously, you know, they offer a, a call for every price point from the beginner down at the Rebel, you know, all the way up to the Super Revolt that offers every possible feature that you could ever want on an e-call. They have it all for you. So if you're in the market, you're looking at new e-calls, um, you know, want the best sounds out there on the market, some of the coolest features you're ever going to find, you can go to luckyduck.com and find, take a look at all the e-calls that they have to offer. You sick and tired talking about this damn mountain lion yet? No, man. No. I love I love hunting, so, you yeah, know, yeah. it was like football, right? It's another passion. I love talking about football, you know, when I was playing. Yeah. And now that I'm done, I kind of do that for a job with sports radio. And it's like, no, I don't want to talk football. I just want to talk hunting all the time. <laughs> so my listeners on the radio love it because I'm always talking. I'm always telling the stories, right? And mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I shot that line, and then I was two hours late to work. <laughs> <laughs> so I walked in there, you know, gators and boots on still. And smelling like a, a mountain lion still, and all sweaty and stinky. And they're like, what in the hell are you doing? And I was like, dude, I, you got to hear the story. So that was like one of our most listened to segments we've ever had was me telling that lion story. Okay. No because right I did it right off the, right off the mountain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Where do you do the sports broadcasting Denver. At? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're the, we're the, it's called the, it's 104.3 The Fan, uh, denversports.com. You can check it out if you want to listen. It's, it's pretty good. Nice. Nice. It's fun to talk about our passions, isn't it? It's like something you're really passionate about and you really love. It comes out naturally. And, like, yep. the best way to learn from somebody, too, is through story. Like, it captures uh, the audience. Like, they, uh, you know, I've seen some studies where you get crowds of people, and through story, they just retain the information better. Like, it uh, uh, ties back to our ancestry of telling stories. So I can see why that was such a big hit on the radio. Well, this is the, – the, this is a, when you talk about back to our ancestors, right? You know, um, hunting for me, it's like this primal calling. Um, you know, I don't want to pull my Ted Nugent out and, you know, the spirit of the wild, right? But, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, that it is, it is a calling. And it's like when I'm, when I've been away from the, from the woods for too long, it starts calling me and I need to go back, right? And it's like, I need to go back and ground myself in the, in the wilderness. And um, that, that's where all the stories started, right? It was hunting stories because guys were, you know, that's how sports all started, was getting yourself ready for hunts. Sure. Right? That's how they started doing, you know, any kind of competitive stuff was to get ready to go hunt. Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, that's just like it all kind of ties in together. I think that's why, you know, military vets and athletes and all, we're all drawn to this, to this thing we love to do, this privilege, this great privilege we get in this country. And, uh, you know, I'm willing to do whatever I got to do to fight for it. And mm-hmm. So if it means me taking a little flack from these activist groups, whatever, I'll do it. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll, I can handle oh, it. Oh, man. Well, yeah, I'm sitting here with Jeff from the Predator Pro podcast and uh, fortunate enough to have Derek in here and uh, get some of his time. So he came here before he won a sheep hunt here at the raffle in about no, an hour or so. No, not yet. Not yet. We'll <laughs> see. Don't jinx me. <laughs> I was trying to give you luck. Yeah. 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 So before we get into this lion story, I'm curious about your hunting background because to me, like football is like the worst professional sport to play if you're a hunter. Oh, it's right? the worst. Like, it's like yeah, it's, September like it's is right ruined. It's, your your whole season's shot. Yeah, you don't get to hunt anything during the rut during, yeah. when you're playing football. But um, yeah, I grew up in Northeast Ohio, so just south of Youngstown, um, right there where uh, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, and Ohio all meet okay. on the Ohio yeah. River, and there's big whitetail up there. So it's you know we used to get the first day of gun season off for um, uh, of school. You know they used to give us a day off and because they knew we'd all be out there anyways hunting. Yeah, yeah. so um i started hunting when i was you know 
seven, eight years old with my stepdad. And, um, you know, when I say hunting, he'd just stick me under a tree and <laughs> <laughs> don't move. I'm like, all right, <laughs> sitting there shivering. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then you see a deer, you get buck fever and stuff. You know, that was, that's, that was my first experience. I saw this big eight point, and I just was like, every blade of grass seemed to get in the way of that 410. Like, I just wouldn't pull the trigger because I just was like, oh, I don't know. Like, it's like, I wish I would have had somebody with me because I would have been able to have my first deer at, you know, seven. I was like seven or eight, you know. Yeah, I was yeah. pretty young. But, uh, no, I was like nine. I think it was nine. But, anyways, but I shot my first deer with a bow when I was uh, 12 going on 13. So, it was like right before my freshman year. So, I was like a, an eighth grade. And that, ever since then, I was hooked, you know. And then I did a turkey that year, too, in the spring. And I was hooked on it, man. And turkey and deer were just like everything to me. Uh, not a lot of bird hunting because we didn't have dogs or anything, but we'd go out there and kick the bushes around a little bit and try to get some pheasants to pop up, you know. Um, but, but mostly deer and, and turkey. And then when I got drafted to Denver, um, you know, that hunting took was a, like I didn't get to do it all the time because of football, right? So, like, when I did have the opportunity, I was, like, fully locked in on it. Yeah, like, so, like, uh, in a given week of practice and games, was there a chance to, to not, get out or not? Not when I was here in Denver. Not really. No, not here in Denver because, like, Western hunting and tree stand hunting are way two different things, right? You know, that on my day off, I just played 60 snaps, got, you know, 45 double teams, <laughs> two 350-pound dudes trying to kill yeah, me the whole yeah. game. You know, Derrick Henry running the ball. Yeah. It's like, you know. So, no thanks, so you don't want to wake up and go hike anywhere. Yeah, right? yeah. I'm not about to come back from the game and wake up in the morning and, and go hike. That's true. And yeah, then yeah. pack a bull out. Like, no, it's not going to happen. So you so, had to be creative, right? Yeah. Find off-season hunts. Off-season hunts. So I would do things uh, – I would do things like uh, wild boar hunts down in um, down in Texas, down in Florida. Nice. Yeah, um, yeah. Do like uh, exotic hunts and stuff like you that. Bet. You know, just to keep stay sharp with the bow and you know just waiting for my opportunity. But it, the the problem is I didn't understand the draw system. Like I didn't understand like the point system and the GMUs and all this other stuff. And because like I said in Ohio, you go you go to Walmart, buy yourself a buy shotgun and a and a deer tag, and you're good to go. You know, it's no you know if you have a hunter safety course, you're good. You know, mm-hmm. all you need is that hunter safety, and you can do everything you want. So. It's a high bar for entry trying to learn all these states and regulations and points and applications yeah. and dates. Like, uh, it's such a high bar for entry, and it's so fun, like, to be able to take place in Western hunting. And just like it hooked you at 12 or 13, and killing a deer with your bow at that age is pretty wild, man. Yeah. I, that was right around the age where I killed my first deer with the bow, but it is a feat to hold yourself together through that buck fever, to execute a good shot on a deer yeah. like that. That changes your life and it is um uh it's like it, it's like the best most intimate interaction with nature you can get is that predator prey mm-hmm. and then to take it a step further into that western game when you oh. can go hike and hunt and use your physical fitness and then uh use your critical thinking and and be able to try to solve the problem of of western game out in the mountains you know man it's wild well it's it, life-changing and that's how that's what it that's what i loved about it right i, I just when you grow up in Ohio, man, and back east, Western hunting seems so far out of the reach of, like, anything that's possible, right? Because not only is it, like, a 23-hour drive to get out here, right? It, you know, you're driving all night and all day to get out here. Then you got to, you know, uh, you can't afford yeah. it, right? It's a couple thousand bucks, right? I had $7 when I got drafted. Do you think I had enough to pay for it? <laughs> you got Western hunting? No. But when I, and then I got drafted here, and I was like, man, like, you know, spending time up in, up in the mountains. I was like, I can't wait till I can hunt this, you know, do, you know get on these hunts. And I just... Like, I didn't want to, like, focus on it too much because if I'm – I have ADHD, so when I lock in on something, it's over. Like, I'm locked in on it. Like, mm-hmm. it's – you know, there's no getting away from it. All or none. It's hyper-focused. <laughs> like, I, I, I can't focus on anything else in my yeah, life man. unless I, until I accomplish this goal. 
And I was like that with football. So, like, I just keep my focus on football, and then when I'm done, I'll be able to do this hunting stuff. Yeah, it'll, yeah. it'll work. You know? so, so, I just, so now you're making up for lost time, So I made time, up right? for lost time this fall. Yeah, good so, for you, yeah, man. So I got my first in, – in the spring, I got my first bear with a oh, bow. Congratulations. With a bow? Yeah, with a bow. Oh, man, it's intense on with a bow and arrow. Cool, That's man. not like shooting other ungulates. Like, no. you shoot one of those, they don't run away. They bite and roar and bite at the arrow. Yeah. And, and, and I've been charged by a couple of them that I've shot with arrows. So uh, that is entry-level dangerous game, and you got to be – uh, uh, on your skill set, on your shooting, on your stalking, because yeah. uh, your life's on the line, something like that. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I mean, you well, here's the it. thing. You well, so, the so, so, for, oh, yeah, so, so I'll walk you through the. I'll walk you through my whole my whole first <laughs> yeah, yeah. season out. Love to hear my first year of retirement, right? So, March, I do a uh, free range bison down in New Mexico with right my bow. On man, eighty yard heart shot and hammered him. Um, Congratulations! Yeah, That's thank killing. you, man. It was awesome. And then, um, you know, harvested that guy, and he was just like. I was like, this is unreal. I can't wait. And then in May, I go up to um, the Wagon Hound. Uh, a good friend of mine, Dax McCartney, yeah. is the head guide up there. And um, actually, it's funny because my sister-in-law went to high school with him and is good friends with his wife. And that's how we got connected. And he was like, you want to come up here and hunt a bear? It's just over the counter. And I was like, yeah, let's go. And so we went up there and hunted turkeys and bear. And, and that was in May. And I was able to harvest one on the second day I was up there. Uh, just got lucky, man, really. You know, I just went down there and sat behind a tree and waited for him. <laughs> you know, threw a dead beaver under some logs and yeah, waited yeah. for him to come, you know. And he, he was like, you never know. He could come or he couldn't, you know, just, well, let's just try it. And I was like, all right. And he did. He came came down out of there. And he was a 300-pound bear. And I got a cool picture of me carrying him off the mountain. That's a I'm beast like, of a bear. What color? All black. Jet black. All jet yeah. black. He had a call up on his shoulder, huh? Yeah, I threw him on my shoulders and carried him down <laughs> out of there. Yeah. yeah, he was 300 pounds. Yeah. But it's like, you know, I got people like, oh, okay, 300 pounds. But you got to remember, man, I'm used to doing like. You know, single leg squats with like 400 pounds, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Like it's I'm, dead weight though. Like a oh, bear is tough. It's, well, not, it's not even dead weight. It's like carrying a gallon of a big old thing of yeah. water. Yeah, because all that fat yeah. moving back and forth. Yeah, you know like, what I mean? But it was like oh, you're still oh, strong. Oh, but I bet yeah. you even had to struggle. Oh, with that it was hard. Sure, right? It was hard. I was. Yeah. It was hard. It was hard to do. That's, I was, that's you cool, know, It was man. only like a 70 yard carry, but it was downhill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And downhill when you're a big guy, your knees are taking all the brunt. Your knees and hips. So, yeah, we got him down, and then. And then we were, I, I was all excited because my wife got me a uh, Unit 34 New Mexico elk tag for Christmas. Oh, amazing, man. So um, so I've been waiting. All, I couldn't wait for that. You know, that was the Christmas before that she got that for mm-hmm. me. So I was like, yes, because she knew I was going to retire. Yeah, yeah. You got she, to go experience the rut. So I got to go experience. So I cut my teeth, though, first. I did it the right way. I did it the way you're supposed to. I went over the counter. The week before that, I went over the counter Colorado mm-hmm. and got – you know, excuse my language, got my dick drove right into this <laughs> bird. I did 60 miles in like four days and didn't see a single deer or elk. I saw a doe deer. That's it. Like, I didn't have a deer tag even. So, it was all I saw, I didn't see a single elk. I went through a mile and a half of blowdown, didn't touch the ground once. It was, got our butts kicked. And then, um, so after that, then I went down to Unit 34, and it was like Jurassic Park down there, man. I was in heaven. <laughs> it so was cool. the most beautiful thing I've ever been. I mean, I would, It's I'm, the most thrilling hunting oh, you can do for elk during oh. the rut and during the bugle. Isn't that intense, man? Yeah, you, and get, in so on a, you get in on a herd, and you got three or four satellite bulls trying to get this herd bulls and cows, and he's just like screaming nonstop, chasing bulls, <laughs> fighting, raking everything he sees, you know? I was fired up, man. I was so excited. Man. That'll change your life, won't yeah. it? And I, and I filmed all this. Everything oh, is on how film. Cool. Yeah. Right? Where For, can we watch it at? Uh, it'll be. You'll, we're going to start dropping episodes in March. Um, uh, sorry, my phone's ringing. Oh, no worries. Um, but anyways, we're, we're going to start dropping episodes in March before I go on Joe Rogan's podcast. Right on, man. Um, so March 2nd, I'm going to be nice. going on his podcast. And um, so before that, we're going to drop our first episode. And then in August, we're going to start dropping all the, uh, all the deer, that I, deer and elk that I did. Because in a 10-day stretch from New Mexico – 
So I, on the fifth day in New Mexico, I was able to get a big five by five, um, perfect shot, 42 yards, you know, he ran 80 yards and laid down. And man, that is not easy to do. It was tough, man. We went, I mean, six, we did, we did 60 something miles in four and a half days. And, uh, the third, the third day, well, the fourth day we got stuck in a rainstorm, didn't have a rain gear with us. Cause earlier that day it was hot and we did like 12 miles. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, I'm taking this out of here. Like I'm tired of carrying this stuff. And what do you know? We get stuck in a rainstorm, <laughs> lightning storm, everything soaked. You know, we're, we're sleeping in, um, in, um, in guide tents. So yeah. there's no, you know, boot warmers or none of that, you know, washer and dryer, none of that stuff. Right. So I just put that wet, those wet boots right on in the morning, you know, <laughs> squeeze my feet in there. And it's like, let's go, man. Like I, I love it. So man, I don't if care. Any, yeah. Well, you know how to grind, right? And right, it's so right. tough to have. Or it's so uh, enjoyable to have something you're so passionate about, but then like anything worth having uh, takes hard work and effort and dedication. Yeah. And, and so all these characteristics that you've built over the years to build your career and get to where you got, now you're able to put it into this love of bow hunting. So, right. man, I bet you can grind with the best of them on a hunt like well, that. I, and I'll, when we get to the cat hunt, you'll see how I, I'll push. I'll keep going. I'm not going to quit. Like, that's the one thing about me, you know. Uh, you know, old man that I lived on a black Angus farm in high school, and he used to say, you're like an old Harley. He's like, it takes a while to get you kickstarted, but once you get going, you don't stop. <laughs> so, we used to call him Rawhide. That was his nickname. But, uh, yeah, so, so I was able to connect on that, on that elk, man. And, uh, you know, I've sat quarterbacks in the Super Bowl and uh, made some of the biggest plays and had 80,000 people screaming your name and howling. And last name is Wolf, so I make yeah, a play. Yeah. They start howling. Um, and, but I, nothing ever brought tears to my eyes, right? When I put my hands on that elk, man, I had tears out of my, coming out of my eyes. That so was like a about. dream come true for me. Um, always dreamed of that. You're going to make so Brian cool. start crying. You know, I, I can't cry in front of him, but man, I want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was hooked, man. Yeah, yeah. I was hooked on it, man. And then, uh, you know, I drew my general deer tag in Wyoming as well. So we drove straight from there, um, home and had a retirement party. So my wife threw a big retirement party for me. So we did the retirement party. Then the next morning I jumped in the truck and drove up the, up to the wagon hound and put a stock on it. I, we just got lucky, man. This double drop time mule deer came, you know, just coming through this cornfield. And we got on the train tracks and stalked him for about a mile. And I finally got, he finally gave me a 50-yard shot. And I was like, whack, and hammered him. Um, smacked him, and he died. You know, he expired like 80 yards from there. You man, know? this is what <laughs> happened when you, it, when you give a professional athlete a bow. Yeah. Like, it is one of Stuff the toughest dies. challenges on planet Earth. And to have you come out of retirement and have a season like this and really showcase your skills, man, that is amazing. It's super you. impressive. Thank you. Well, but did you get a coyote with a bow? Not yet. That's, that's, well, that's I'm gonna what go, I want to go. Well, I'm going to try to do it. My ne- I'm try- I was talking to some guys last night, and we're going to get it set up. I'm going to do a wolf with my bow. Nice. We're gonna try to get a wolf because they cool. know that I'll push. Like they know that I'll do. I'll grind it out. Like mm-hmm. we'll get him. You ever killed a coyote on any hunt? Yeah, ever? I've killed a bunch of coyotes. Yeah. Let me. I, so on my podcast, when there's I coyotes guests, everywhere. I always, Ohio, I always got to get guys' first coyote kill story because like everybody remembers the first coyote, whether it was out the truck window, across the hood, sitting in the deer stand. Uh, it was off a back. Remember? It was off a back porch, on, back a, porch? on a dead calf. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, yeah, it was it was yeah. cool, man. I did a bunch of fox too. I um, in Maryland. I'll I'll tell you about Maryland. Maryland was, I I had a in Maryland. You get um, unlimited doe tags, in Maryland, and you get three buck tags. Um, so you get a two two regular buck tags and then a bonus tag. So you could do it with like a. That's what's or helped you like become the hunter you are, right? Because I was experience up, and, is the and best I w- teacher. And I was in Maryland for two years during yeah. COVID, and we weren't in the meeting room, so I was doing my meetings from the tree stand. I was sitting in a tree saddle. Oh, nice. You know, yeah. I, yeah. Used tr- I used a trophy line, and then those guys hooked it up for me. And I, I was like, I feel comfortable in these, so I'm going to hunt out of these. So I'll climb up 25 feet and hang out and do my meetings up there. Yeah, yeah. Throw the he- headphones in and, you know, just 
I had uh, depredation tags and stuff like that, you know, because there was a big soybean field on the place I lived at, I was living. So they were like, you know, take them all out, please. Like, they're just destroying our crops. I was like, all right. So I was just hammering, good hammering does all day, yeah, you know. Such good 16, practice. 16 of them last year. No kidding. Yeah, 2021, I did 16. Man, that's putting that's good in practice. work. Good meat, yeah. too. Oh, great meat. And it's great. And then Maryland has these cool programs where you could donate that meat to for to homeless shelters oh, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. so we donated a ton of that meat. You know, oh, cool. I can't eat 16 deer. You know, <laughs> never eat it. Never do it. Just sit in the freezer. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So, um, so, yeah, we went up to the wagon now, and I was able to do that. And then. Uh, Dax was my buddy. Dax was like, "You gonna stay and hang out?" And I was like, "No, man, we're going down to Sawash. Try to. I got another. Di- I had a, um, a another management tag, a depredation tag on a on a mule deer down there with my buddy Clay Hill in Sawash. And he was like, he was like, "Hey, man, we got this giant fork buck down here. You want to try to put a stock on him? They've been hunting him all year. Can't get him. He's like a nine year old buck." And I was like, "Yeah, let's go." So um, I go down that first morning. Uh, we see him laying out in the middle of the field, and he wouldn't move, and he just, just like, kind of had all his does around him, and he was getting ready to rut, you know, so I'm like, I'm like, dude, we're, I was like, this isn't going to happen, you know, we're not going to make it happen, so he starts moving, heading towards these willows, these big, tall, 12-foot willows, man, he starts heading into them, and I was like, we got to go down there and try to cut them off, our wind is right, and I got down into the creek and walked through the creek and got up, got up in there and pulled my boat and got into full draw and just stepped up out of the creek in full draw, and I was like, how far is he? He's like, 80, and I was like, how about now? He's like, 72. <laughs> and Clay, Clay Hills, my he's a good, really good friend of mine. Uh, he goes, Mrrr, stops him. And I was like, swam, hammered him at 72 yards. It was windy. Great shot. Uh, but through both shoulders. And, uh, you know, he didn't even make it far. Um, and he fit, he rolled over and, and died. And then that was uh, like, to me, that buck was just so, he weighed 400 pounds. Mm-hmm. Damn. Uh, the processor thought it was a cow elk because, you know, we had him, <laughs> skip, you know, we had him caped out and took, just took the meat and, and carcass in there. And what the, a specimen. Yeah, yeah, he was like, is this a cow elk? I was like, no, that's a mule deer. He's like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Do you think all the pressure of the NFL and playing in those games and performing at the highest level under this intense amount of stress and pressure under the, you know, with the best athletes on planet Earth, do you think that prepared you for keeping your calm and executing these shots on these animals? Because those are I some incredible shots. I know it did. I know it did because what it's crazy because I just like – when the crowd gets going crazy, it's all this noise around you and people are screaming and yelling and there's all these calls going on. You have to just laser focus. Like all that's just noise. Like I'm focused on one thing, right? Mm-hmm. See ball, get ball. Yeah. yeah. Right? And it's like, I, I lock in on that kill zone and that's, I'm taking like. Focused I focus. intensity. I don't get yeah. panicked in those situations. Oh, right? Yeah, yeah. I can slow my heart rate. I can, yeah. you know, I can breathe through it and, and just like make it happen. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the, craziest thing the most intense thing that i've done was the next hunt i went down to south texas and um i used one of those ultimate predator decoys on the front of my you know danny ferris with uh with ultimate predator he lives right there in colorado and i hit him up i was like hey man you think one of those will cover me up and so i can spot and stalk a whitetail <laughs> and he was like oh we could try it you know so i was like all right i'll put it on the bow and he's like if they stop just flick the ear and make it look real and, and they'll keep coming i was like all right and that happened. We just we went into all those sagebrush, all that uh, that mesquite brush, mesquite, and started yeah. rattling horns and walking senderos. And uh, we had a couple of them that just outsmarted us, coming you know rolled behind us. And yeah, you know, finally I got to an area where they couldn't get behind me without me seeing them. And uh, this buck came. You know, he had two two little bucks were coming down, and then they took off. And I was like, what? the wind's great. They, there's no way they saw me. I was like, what's going on? And then I see him. This big eight point, boom, boom. 
boom, just, you know, busting through it, man. He comes, he stops at 40, and he's staring right at me. And I, I'm holding, I got a, I shoot a Hoyt high line, and I'm sitting there with the Hoyt. And I got, the, I'm hot, trying my best to hide behind it, but it's funny on camera. It's not hiding me at all. Right? <laughs> but he don't care. All he sees is that deer, right? Yeah. And then I flick the ear, just like he said. And he was like, boom, boom, took two more bounds. And I knew that that was 30 yards because I had pre-ranged it. And I just drew back, and I stood up as slow as I possibly can. And I had to, it was a frontal. Shot him right in, right, in the, um, right in the chest, and it was a good shot. He ran up and laid down about 150 yards up on top of the hill. Um, got bumped again by another deer, and I was like, oh, no. You know, it must not have been a great shot if he's up again. But once we – we waited for two, three hours and then went up over this other side of the hill, and he was laying there. Um, but that was intense, man. Because white – like, I grew up hunting whitetail, man, so getting close to him, mm-hmm. it's hard. So to have one come in there, and he was being so aggressive, and he was like, you might have to – he told me, Danny told me, he's like, you might have to shoot him out of self-defense because he's going to be coming. <laughs> um, and I, he, wasn't, he wasn't wrong, and it was awesome. <laughs> That's so intense, Yeah, it was man. so intense, man. It was so fun. Um, and then – Hey, guys, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but I need to take a second to tell you a little bit about Swagger Bipods. Now, if you followed the podcast for any amount of time – or even our Last Stand YouTube series, you know that's my go-to bipod system for consistently putting bullets in coyotes. Now, in coyote hunting, things happen fast, and you need to be able to maneuver your rifle and get on target quickly, and that's exactly what the Swagger Bipod system will allow you to do. Now, if you're in the market for one, you'll notice they have a 129 version, a 142 version, as well as a QD42 and a QD72. All the numbers refer to is how tall the bipod gets. If you want to run what I run, I run the 142. So if you're in the market for a new bipod system, visit swaggerbipods.com. Now back to the podcast. Those frontal shots are so good, just like you need to be at the closer range. So that wasn't like the 80-yard shot, but having them at 30, it's just a more precise shot. It's reading a tighter angles shot. angles on those animals, but you put it in the right spot, they don't make it Yeah, anywhere. they won't make it. Yeah. You just got to do it right, man. Yep. They can't be quartering at all. They got to be facing right at you. Yep. Um, and you got to – that's just the way it's got to be. Smaller kill zone, so it takes a precise yep. arrow, but it'll do the job when it'll you put do it in the, the right job. spot. Yeah. yeah. So then uh, – uh, then I took a, took a little break and just did some goose hunting and some duck hunting. I uh, went down to Stuttgart and got my first – I got spoiled down there on duck in, in on Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, became friends with uh, Bobby Ritchie, Kid Rock down there. And, um, you know, he loves the duck hunt too. He loves, he yeah. loves hunting. So uh, we became friends down there at that, at that duck camp, man. And he was like – you know, he's been a big help for me, you know, through yeah. this stuff and introducing me to people and uh, introduced me to Ted. And, you know, now Nugent and I are buds. He's <laughs> an awesome guy, you know. <laughs> just loves it right he loves this stuff and um then uh my buddy alex Nestor calls me he goes hey we got a fresh snow coming tomorrow you know he's like this is like two weeks ago right now this that lion hunt was only two three weeks ago so he calls me he's like, we got a fresh snow coming in he's like you want to you know you want to because i've been telling him i want to try to hunt a lion with my bow and he was like all right well i know where's there's some big ones like let's try to go get one and i was like all right i'm there i jumped in the truck drove up there early uh got up there at first light and started trying to cut tracks well we <laughs> We come up on these tracks, man, and they're big, big old tracks. And I was like, oh, man, like these are the first big cat tracks I've ever seen. You know, I got a property that we see cat tracks, but they're just, you know, females and kittens and stuff like that and sub-adult males, nothing huge um, because they just don't want to, they don't, they're not trying to kill the elk up there. You know, they're trying to, they want, they want deer, mm-hmm. uh, those, those cats. But the, this cat, I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. And he had a full-grown mule deer. He had these tracks going back and forth from this house. And I was like, what is going on here? Like going up to the house, back, up to the house, back. I was like, I look, we look under the tree. He's got a, a steaming mule deer under there. It's still steaming. It was still warm. 
So he just killed it that morning. Man, so, so back up a minute. I, I watched your interview with Tucker Carlson, right? And it talked about that this lion had killed a couple dogs. Like, was this like a little ex, – explain me the layout of this. Cause it, well, that's what I was going to – I'm going to get into like, the whole yeah, story. Like, I'm going right, yeah, to like, right. walk you through the, how, the, how it all went down. Yeah. Because, it, because they made it sound – like the way it sounds is yeah, that like – You're like, shooting right in town. Yeah, like, oh, there's a – you know, there's a lion that's wreaking havoc, right? And the bat signal went up and the wolf showed up, right? Like, that's not what happened. Yeah. We were out lion hunting, man. And we, and we got lucky enough to come across the cat that was actually causing problems in the neighborhood. Um, and it wasn't, it's not, this isn't like a residential area. This is a mountain town. It's not even really a town. It's just people that live up there in those mountains, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Houses scattered. Yeah, there's houses scattered, a little dude ranch here. Yeah. And then there's a bunch of public land. And um, so it's like, it's mountainous, right? But it's still... Um, you know, what happened was we, you know, we, we see that he's eating this deer, he's eating on this deer and he's going up to this porch and he's coming back. And I'm like, I bet he's living under that porch. I bet he's denned up under there. Um, so we followed those tracks up under this guy's property, knocked on the door and he didn't answer. Um, so we were like, okay, what do we do now? So for the next two hours, we just made phone calls, just calling neighbors. And uh, the neighbors were all telling us stories about how many lions they keep seeing up there. And uh, the one guy was kind of an anti, and he was like, what do you want to do with that cat? What are you bothering that cat for? You know, and we were like this, and he's like, well, I did hear about a cat killing a dog over there, you know. And he's, he's like, you know, and people are like, well, CPW didn't report it. Yeah, well, because people up there don't want to deal with CPW. They live up there for a reason. They don't want to be bothered oh, sure, by, yeah. like, if a dog gets killed, they're like, okay, cat, you know, yeah. cat got my dog. Like, that's the way it goes, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it happens. Um, but then we talked to this woman, and she was like, yeah, I don't come out at night because there's big lions up there that, they harassed my dogs, and I think they got one of my dogs last year, and he just went missing. But, you know, I didn't find – you're not going to find that dog if yeah, the cat takes course, him. Yeah. You know? You're not going to find him. So they just go missing. Um, so anyways, we – for the next two hours, we just made phone calls and uh, try, trying to get a hold of this landowner so we could, you know, cut those tracks with the hounds. Um, <laughs> and it was funny because we, we were like almost about to give up. We were just – we were about to be like, ah, it's not going to happen. Let's go try to find some more tracks, you know, somewhere else and, and call it. And, we go driving down there to see if maybe he crossed the road somewhere else trying to get down to his kill and on, over on the public so we could take the public. And I'm talking just straight up and down cliffs. Like, this stuff is not going to be easy to get through. The only place that we could go was through this guy's property that was any kind of, you know, access. Well, we're driving down the road, and here he comes. He's out there. He's like, hey, guys, you know, waving at us. He's like, you guys hunting lions? And we're like, yeah. He's like, you see the tracks going across my yard? And we're like, yeah, he's sleeping <laughs> under your porch, man. He's denned up under there. He's like, you guys going to go get him? We're like, if you love, can we go on your property? He's like, absolutely. So nice. it was on, man. We got the, got the hounds out, and they went straight to that porch, right under the porch. He was denned up under there. He wasn't sleeping there at that moment, but, like, that's where he'd been denned up, you know, waiting for deer to come down and, and get a drink at, out of the creek across the street. Um, he had, like, the perfect vantage point there, you know. So he was just waiting for him. Strategic, yeah. right? Those oh, things are, so, are the, the best so hunters, smart. aren't they? Had the old man seen it? Have oh you yeah, seen the cat yeah. He he said he said I heard something on my porch. I thought it was that lion. I said no, that was us. <laughs> you know, I said that was us. He's like, well, I think he's up here walking around sometimes, looking in my windows. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, this. So we get the hound, and they go straight up. They go straight up, and I was like, oh, this is gonna be fun. You know, I was like, I couldn't wait. Right? To me, I love a challenge, right? And I love a physical challenge, but I don't know what I was really getting into yet. Um, this is my first lion hunt. Mm -hmm. Were you so, watching them on the GPS at that point? Yeah. 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 But Those we, cat hunters but we are just, crazy, aren't they? But, but, I'm with, go but for it. they go, right? Yeah. He has to stay with his dogs. Yep. So I'm like, I'm just trying to follow him, right? And the more, the further we go up this mountain, the further he gets ahead of me because I'm just slipping and sliding the whole way, right? Um, it's hard to get mountaineering boots in a yeah. size 15. <laughs> so if there's any companies out there that want to make a size 15, yeah, go yeah. ahead and make one, please, because <laughs> I would love it. Because it's tough, you know, uh -huh. uh, with those slippery boots, you know, trying to get around. Yeah. Um, so... 
So we get up to the top, and he's like, oh, maybe we should go down the other side and work up that drainage. I was like, oh, all right. So we slide down. We, first we side-hilled down, and then we were just slipping and sliding the whole way. So we just slid on our butts all the way down pretty much, just getting ripped up and tore up by rocks. And, um, you know, it's, we're at 11,000 feet at the top of that, so all the way back down to nine, like 8,000, 9,000 in between there somewhere. Um, and then we walk up to that drainage, and I just was following him, and he got getting further and further away from me because I was just, like, crawling, right? <laughs> I was just slipping and sliding, crawling through that, you know, two, three feet of snow right there. You know, lifting your legs up, that just wears you out. Okay. Post tolling, yeah. yeah. Uh, five times as tough as dry dirt. Oh, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible. Uh, but, I, I lo- like I said, I was like, oh, this is great. You know, I got my dreads are all hanging out. I got them tied up right now, but when the dreads are out, I look crazy. You're so in th- an so adventure. At this point, so, at this point, the – were the lions? Were, were the dogs on the line? Did they had to treat? They treated twice before I could get to them because it was like gotcha. such a miserable terrain. I couldn't get through it fast yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they had to treat once. Then he jumped, and then they got him treated again. He jumped again, and then he went branch to branch on the last one. I guess is what he said. Um, he just went to another branch on, in the tree. So finally, he keeps calling. He's like, "Where are you at? Hurry up!" You know, he's yelling at me. I'm like, "He's like, we're gonna lose this lion." <laughs> He's like, this is the one we want. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, I'm coming, dude. I'm, I, you keep calling me. You're slowing me down, right? <laughs> Ramps up the intensity. Yeah, and he's right? like, well, when you get on my – he's like, are you still on my tracks? I was just following his tracks, right? And they, I get to this point where it goes up and it comes back down because he didn't want to go straight up the mountain. He said, when it goes up, just keep going up. I said, all right. So I go straight up. And he's like, walk that ridge and then get on my tracks again. And then he calls me again and he says, I'm going to drop a pin. Come right to the pin, straight to it. And I'm like, okay. So he drops the pin. I go straight to the pin, and it's the road. He's calling you on the cell phone? Yeah, we okay, had service yeah, up yeah, there. Yeah, all right. Yeah, we had service. <laughs> so he's calling me a little bit, right? So it was, like, real spotty. So, like, sometimes his call would come through, and I could hear him. But most of the time, I was like, it was just him yelling. and <laughs> burr, burr, You know, dogs are, you know, barking and howling. And um, <laughs> so, so I get down to the road, and I'm like, hey. I'm like, hey, I'm down here at the pin. Where are you at? And he's like, you're on the pin? And I was like, yeah. He's like, no. I said to drop down to the pin. I said, dude, you said come straight to the pin. <laughs> he said, oh, yeah. He starts cussing at me. He's like, you got to come up, back up. And I was like, no way. I got to go. Oh, dude, by up. this point, my hamstrings, my quads, my rib cage, my forearms, everything's locked up. Um, full body cramping. Like the dehydration was kicking in bad, right? <laughs> and the altitude, of, you know, 10,000 feet. How, how long have you been on, on the hike at this point, probably? Uh, four or five hours. Oh, jeez. You know, <laughs> just crawling, too, because yeah. I couldn't walk because I would just slip and fall. And I have my bow in one hand. My hands are numb. I'm beet red. My face is pale white. I look crazy because I kept taking <laughs> videos and pictures of myself like, oh, I look bad. I look rough, you know. Yeah. My, got, uh, my beard's just full of ice and snow because I kept f- slipping and falling and rolling down the hill. And, <laughs> you know. And then on a, he said, come straight to the, to the pin. I just, like, hauled, I hauled ass over there, right? I'm just rolling down the hill pretty much, you know, just sliding and slipping and falling and um, getting my pants all ripped up. I had a can of chew in my back pocket. It ripped the whole pocket off, you know. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So finally, I, he was like, I, he was only, it was like 700 yards I had to get to. And it was, he was at uh, almost 10,000 feet where that, that lion was treed. And you could barely hear the hound still. And I was right below him. And I was like, oh, no. And it was in this, I mean, straight up and down in a cut like this, right? Mm-hmm. So like a V in that mountain, like this big drainage coming down the mountain. And it was just cliffy on both sides and trees and fallen trees everywhere. So I just started, I just crawled. I crawled all the way up and just kept crawling. I'd take three steps and slide back down a little bit. And I just kept going. It took me like an hour and a half to get up to him. And it was only 70 yards or uh, <laughs> 700 yards. Um, I would, I can't, it was like seven to 900 yards, something like that. But at one point I got a video of it. I'm laying under the tree, 
and I'm, I finally made it to him. So I like lay down and I look up and the cat is just staring at me. And I'm like, oh, shit. You know? <laughs> you know, like, this is getting real now. Okay. You know, he's like, come on, you got to get up here. You know? And I was like, I was like, I'm going to shoot him from here. <laughs> he's like, he's like, no, you got to get up here and shoot him. I said, all right. So I get up and I, I climb up there and my, I'm talking, my heart is just pounding from, you know, and I can't breathe. And I just was able to lock it in. I just like slowed my breathing, controlled it, my, and like ignored the cramps, ignored everything else that was going on around me. Here we go, game yeah. time. And I right? said, I, he, and he was like, put it right in his chest, and he was like, right, but right below that white spot. And I said, all right, and drew back and made a perfect shot on him. As steep as it was, were you able to get up like almost? I high did. Level? I was like eye level. Like, on yeah, my, yeah. It was still, an, and it was still. I still had. I had never shot anything up with my bow. I've shot down and you know an eye level, but nothing ever like with that. Because that's a whole different motion, right? It is, yep. The cam that you had to do, the, the camming and stuff that I had to do on that was like, so my feet are uneven, right? Um, it's slippery, so I can't, like, dig my feet in really. So I just have to pull back and come up real slow. And I come up real slow, and he goes, I'm ready. And I just was like, swam, hammered him. And he was like, good shot. And I knew it was a good shot. Straight past him? Yeah, yeah. Well, it went, it's crazy because it hit him in the chest and went in, and he reached down and bit the arrow as it was going in. Because the arrow ended up, like, back by his butt, you know? But that means he caught that arrow on, a, on its way in it. Oh, kid. Like, the reflexes <laughs> on this thing is just, I'll show it to you when we're done in slow motion. You can see him grab that arrow and spit out the, the fletching. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Insane. Like, snap that TKO in half, right? And that's, yeah. you know, carbon fiber that infused. That is crazy, right? <laughs> I think they put titanium in those things, that right? Like, crazy. stainless steel or something. Like, he snapped that arrow right in half. Um, and I was like, whoa. You know, he landed, and I just laid down. <laughs> I just was laid it down. Dead when he hit the, I mean, he, he hit the ground, and you, I didn't hear any running or anything. I just yeah. heard some stumbling around down there, and then you're exhausted, physically, physically mentally, yeah. emotionally. Everything. Like it's just taken everything yeah. to get up there to make that yeah. job. Man. Yeah, it took everything, and then um, I just so I just sat up there for a while and uh, got the dogs collared, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Put the here." T- got the dogs un- unleashed, and he was like, "Unleash the dogs and send them down when I get down here," because he wanted to go down there and make sure he was done, you know, so the dogs don't go down there and get tore up so he goes down he's like oh yeah we got a dead cat you know he's all fired up and i'm like yeah. is he a big one and he's like he's huge like, hurry up get down yeah. here and it took me forever just to get the leashes off the dogs because i'm just like uh, you know just a zombie up there um get the dogs off and they go down there and um i just started crawling right so i crawled down to him i couldn't walk when i tell you i couldn't walk like every step i took my legs were just charlie horsing so like i was just falling so i was like i, I gotta crawl so i just crawled down to him and he's like, all right, we got to get a picture with him because he's huge. You got to see how big he is. He's like, this will show how big he is with you holding him because you know, I'm six foot five, six foot six, you know, 285 yeah. pounds. And if I'm holding something that makes, it look, makes me look small, you know it's big, right? <laughs> That's what's so impressive, right, is I've seen cats look big when guys hold them up. Yeah, yeah. But then to see you in person and how big that cat <laughs> looked, man, that thing is world yeah. class. Yeah. What a giant Just a once-in-a-lifetime cat. cat, right? You know, yeah. like you don't get to see the – and CPW even said they're like, listen, man, most of the lions that we that we see are 140 to 160 pounds, and those are big. That's those a are big, big lions. Yeah. yeah. And he's and it was when we came, we came, so I'll finish the story and then we'll talk yep. about what the CPW when he weighed him. Um, so what we did, we gutted him out after we took a picture. I didn't want to take a picture. I was so tired. I don't want to lift him up. I was like, dude, I don't want to pick this thing up right now. <laughs> he's like, I'm telling you, you got to pick him up. He's huge. We got to show how big he is, you know. And I was like, all right. So I did. And, it, and I'm like, hurry up, you know, yelling at him. You know? And he finally gets a good picture. And I took one of him holding it. And, he, you know, he looks like a baby holding it. You know, <laughs> you know, it looks like a baby holding a big old bobcat, you know. And he's like, 
he's like, uh, he's like, all right, we're going to get him. Good. So we got him out, and I'm telling you, man, his, he had so much food in him. Like, I couldn't believe how much food. He had probably 50 pounds of guts in him. And, and then we took all, you know, drained, it, drained the blood out a little bit just to make him lighter. And I laid him across that kafaru pack sideways. So, so head out the right side and his butt and tail hanging out the left side. Just draped him over. And it was, uh, and I was like, man, this feels heavy for a mountain lion, like real heavy. And um, I couldn't walk again. So I just got on my hands and knees and crawled backwards. Crawled backwards down the hill. All the way down. To, and when I say hill, it was a mountain. Um, and then uh, there was a little rock face that I had to get across. I had to like kind of go like shimmy across and i was like i gotta walk this part and i took one step on that rock and my feet came out from under me oh no <laughs> bam he landed on my back and it was a 10 foot drop off of there and i slid off and i just put my arms across my chest and just you know here we go <laughs> whatever happens <laughs> yeah. happens and i landed and it was like i was fine i was like oh okay <laughs> you know that was lucky but my pack was all screwed up and the cat i had to repack on that mount on the, you know how it is taking your pack off on those hills mm-hmm. it's impossible and then so I did it, and it took me like 10 minutes to get him reloaded in there and um, put the pack back on, turned back around, and kept going, right? And finally I get down there and lay the cat up there, and I was just done. So did you only have to get down to the road where he dropped that original Yeah, because he went down there, and then he walked all the way down. Like a, it's like a, a probably, I don't know, half a mile. Yeah. He yeah. walked down. So he went a half a mile, got his truck, and got the dogs loaded up and came back. And I still wasn't down. I didn't make you feel like a wuss, dude. Oh. You're like watching this guy just go up and dude, down. Dude, he's just up and down. <laughs> Nestor's like a goat, man. He's just a mountain goat up there. Just up and down, no problem. He's like, yeah. he kept saying, he's like, you're a professional athlete. You should be embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, like, you should be embarrassed. <laughs> what a great friend that you have. Oh, he's it'll, the worst. He'll yeah. give you some yeah. hell, too. He's the worst. But, you know, he did. He was like, come on, one last push. You Look. know, he kept saying, he was like a coach up there yeah. yelling yeah, at yeah, me, yeah. you know. And, but, uh, well, but it's it was like great. these things, those guys, they get so conditioned to the mountains. When they do it day in, day out, and they do it for years, all of a sudden they're built for those snowy mountains because they've been doing it their whole life. Yeah. So to bring you in that has never done or never been in that, Not in the snow in like that, that, that kind of snow yeah. and done that tracking, I can see where uh, oh, you know, he, would, he would thrive in even as good a shape as you are to struggle up those snowy hills, man. That's tough going. <laughs> whipped me. He whipped me. I, when, he, when I got up there, he's like, I could kick your ass right now, couldn't I? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you could try. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so we, so we get to, like I said, we get him in the truck, and we're driving back to his house. And um, the next, so we, did, the next, we let him wait because the, the CPW was closed because of the weather. So I couldn't get the cat checked in the first day, so I had to wait. So the next day I drove back up, and we uh, caped him out. And whenever I met with CPW and uh, the game warden was like, let's weigh him. Let's see what he weighs caped out and, and meat, right? 173 pounds. Oh my oh. god! So no guts or blood or food oh or water god. in them. That is incredible. So Two hundred plus, out. you know. Yeah, Two hundred yeah. plus. Yeah. Hear a cat's like that, but boy, eight, yeah. to, to eight, put one eight on foot the scale. seven inches long, eight foot six inches. Like, yeah, he was. What a cat! Alpha. Huge. Yeah, he was the alpha for sure. Um, but they yeah, age it, it? did they age him? Uh, yeah. Well, they took his tooth, so he he was like he's probably six years old, six seven years old, huh? yeah. fully mature, fully mature. Yeah. Yep. Is that old? I don't. I guess I don't. Is that you might know more, Brian? Is that like a it just uh, a, a, a real is mature that a old age? Or they is that could, like he said prime. he was he said he's in his prime. Yeah, yeah he's prime. Like, this is a prime prime line. This is what you want. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. he's like these are the ones that are going to be out killing kittens. And when I say kittens, I'm talking about um, uh, you know cubs. You know, the, yeah, yeah, mountain yeah, lions. Try to keep them. Lines, try yeah. to keep them in heat. You know, because yeah. they, they breed year round. They kill indiscriminately, and uh, you know, a couple more years, he's going to be too old to be taking down deer. So what do you think he's going after next? Yeah, people. And there's a lot of people that hike on, on those trails up in there. And 
So it's just a matter of time, you know. And mm -hmm. uh, just down the road in Bailey, there was an eight-year-old that got taken off, taken off. A, I think it was a trampoline. I don't quote me on that, but I know an eight-year-old got attacked by a lion just down the road, like mm -hmm. eight miles. So, you know, they're man. If they had a different mentality, like a, a mountain lion like that gets, where it starts seeing humans as food and grabs that girl out there, but. Uh, if they had a different attitude in the mountains, all of us would be scared. If they had, like, the attitude of a lion where they're really looking to uh, find and attack oh, yeah. humans yeah. going around, man, it would be scary walking around the woods because they're the ultimate predator. Oh, they're sure. so sneaky. And their claws, did you see their claws, Derek? Where Ryan, they're like, hold on one second. I, yeah, think the yeah. sheep, I think the sheep draws start yep. They're starting to draw? Go ahead. Okay, I'm on my way. Yeah. You got to run, man. Go draw that sheep tag. Thanks yeah. so much for joining I gotta us. Run. I'll come jump on again. No, and we could. I mean, that's really everything that's going on. But with, yeah. if you guys want to follow along with what I got going on, you know, we're doing a lot of cool legislation with the uh, with the Wolf Project, mm -hmm. um, and then we're gonna do a lot of filming with some um, some really cool guys, right? We're taking some special forces guys out and some some really cool vets. We're gonna call it Wolf's Warriors. Um, but you want to follow along my hunting adventures? It's uh, Wolf Untamed on YouTube. Um, check out my Instagram. I, I always put reels and stuff on of my hunts on there. So we got been. some cool stuff coming up this year. Man, amazing! So, so cool to hear the story, and I'm so glad uh, 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 you're in our community and a bow hunter. And uh, man, it's just amazing to hear. So thanks so much for taking the time. Of you course. better get to the draw. Yeah, I'm gonna get over the draw. Try to get my sheep tags. Okay, all yeah. right. Sounds good. Thank man. you, brother. Appreciate yep. it. Thank you. Yeah, Appreciate thanks, it. guys. You bet. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Unfortunately, we had to cut it just a little bit short. You know, Derek's getting pulled a hundred different ways right now. Um, I mean, this show is packed with people. You know, he's making appearances at different booths like that. But, uh, boy, I just wish we could have got maybe another 10 or 15 minutes with him. I really was curious to hear his take on, you know, why this is blown up. You know, if you follow the media a little bit, you know, this this was blown up into the national media with him being on Fox News. Um, you know, the anti-hunters really took this and ran with it. But really, it's it's no different. You know, there's been a thousand mountain lions killed this winter or more by guys. Um, but for some reason, just he's in the spotlight as a professional athlete, um, as more of a celebrity. I think they really come after him and try to hammer him and and try to make him feel bad of what about what he's done or what he does. And, you know, as you as you heard, you know, he could care less. You know, he's going to do what he does. Um, but uh, but it was cool. You know, if you've ever seen this guy, man, this dude, Derek is a massive man, man. He reminds me of Aquaman. I felt like I was sitting in the booth with Aquaman, had the same kind of haircut, you know, tattoos up and down an arm, but just a, just a great dude. I hope, uh, I hope he enjoys his retirement. I'm excited to kind of see what, you know, he does in the future, but uh, maybe one of these times we'll have to get him back on and uh, uh, talk more about coyote hunting. Who knows? Maybe I'll get him out on a coyote hunt one of these days and we'll, we'll see what happens. But I uh, want to thank you guys for listening as always. Um, you know, it's you that makes this the number one predator hunting podcast out there. If you love what you're listening to, um, you know, be sure and give it that five-star review. If you're an Instagram person and you're listening to this podcast, share it on your Instagram story, tag me in it. That's just at Jeff Nimnick. And, uh, Hey, I'll share it on, uh, on my story as well. And then if you're looking for more information about what I do, um, you know, whether it's coyote schools where you can find links to the last stand YouTube videos, um, you know, magazine articles I've written, anything like that, you can go to my website, which is coyotecraze.com. And of course, you know, couldn't do this without the sponsors. So got to thank every one of those Lucky Duck Predator Calls, Cryptech, Black Rifle Coffee Company, Swagger Bipods, Hornady, Onyx Hunt, Six Sour Optics, and of course, the Eastman's family for bringing this all to you guys. Uh, couldn't do with them. So be sure and stop by their website, which is eastmans.com to see everything that they got going on from Tag Hub to their magazine, uh, 
bow hunting, rifle hunting, you name it. You can find it all there. But until next time, we'll catch you right here on the Eastman's Predator Pros podcast.